Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back with an early episode this week because something happened that we had to talk about immediately. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, my co-host, America's uncle, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Doing good. What a, what a night. What a night for the NBA tonight. <laughs> well, I, it's funny. We'll get into it. But I was actually at work and missed the entire game and couldn't even really check Twitter. So I was just staring at a scoreboard like... Why does it still say end of the fourth for 35 minutes? Um. <laughs> I mean, you're asking me to explain it, and I can describe it? <laughs> well, we'll get into that later, but before we start talking about basketball, um, we have to talk business, Sean. Yes. Uh, Twitter.com, at roundrockpod roundrockpod at gmail.com if you want to email us you can call us on the phone and we encourage it because we love getting phone calls at the phone number in the description of the episode um 
We have a t-shirt store, uh, our T-Public store. And guess what, Sean? Uh, what? They're running a big sale all week. And you know what would be a perfect time to buy a shirt with John Collins dunking? The oh, week when he, he goes wore to... a shirt of himself dunking. <laughs> Granted, our shirt sells the better dunk, which is, of course, the airplane dunk. He was wore, wore a shirt of himself dunking on Joel Embiid at the, after their game this week. Um, and then, of course, patreon.com slash roundrockpod, where... We're doing some most podcasts. They'll give you a bonus episode once a week. Not us. We give you several bonus episodes. Um, we give you several bonus episodes at least three times a week. You get something interesting, something weird, something in your inbox from us. And that's just for the low, low price of $5 a month. I highly recommend, uh, Joining up, and you know what you can, what you'd get if you were a Patreon. This week? you'd get Sean's mini pod of Doc Rivers what, uh, reviewing episode two of the Cube. Let's hear a little bit of that. Now Kyle misses his first bounce pass. Now that's no reason to take him out of the Cube. Doesn't matter how many times he misses. You dance with who brung you to the Cube. I do wonder, though, if Kyle was using the wrong hand for his bounce pass. Huh, I wonder if Doc Rivers was talking about something a little different there. Um. <laughs> hey, he's getting back into broadcasting. You just don't... And, you know, of you course, five-star reviews on iTunes. It's weird they only let you give us five-star reviews, but we'll, we, we can't control the rules. Um... <laughs> All right, Sean, you have a news story you sent me halfway through that commercial that made my brain freeze for a second. So oh, let's sorry. I didn't go mean to. to the news. <laughs> this is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our top story this week? Our top story this week is that uh, Alex Caruso finally got sent to jail. What? For what? Well, he didn't really get sent to jail. He was arrested and released on Tuesday. He was arrested by the Texas A&M police. Uh, That is his alma mater. That is also his hometown. He reps College Station, Texas. Uh... Which you can kind of tell because he's a white guy with a shaved head. Like that's yep, that's, that's a real A and M kind of thing. All from Texas A and M. You pretend to be a soldier during football games for no reason at all, <laughs> which is why Texas Tech started to pretend to be pirates for no reason. Uh, uh, now, now I gotta say, uh, this was a real. So what was scoop. he arrested for? <laughs> oh, sorry, he was. Uh, he had uh, marijuana. They, they, he was getting Wait, on a that's plane. Legal. Get out of here. He was. Uh, he was getting. On an airport in Esterwood property. You're, you're look, Esterwood Airport. That's Texas A&M soil. That ain't America. That's A&M. Um, that's and apparently, he just found a. They just found a grinder with weed in it. Mm-hmm. Like, so he was he, he was cited for possession of less than two ounces of marijuana because apparently it fit in a grinder. So he mm-hmm. he also might have just forgotten 
that there was any weed left in the grinder. Except, um, you know, if he was Contavious Caldwell Pope, he would still be in prison for that. He would right? still be in prison. In fact, they'd be beating him right uh-huh. now. Um, yeah. uh, fuck the police. Uh, fuck the drug war. And um, I guess uh, fuck Alex Caruso because I need he, a third thing for rule uh, yeah, threes. He, well, he was he he was released. I the TSA got him, and then the Texas A and M PD. Okay, also fuck uh, the TSA. They don't do shit either. That's true. I've TSA pre-checked. They weren't even open when I was leaving New York. I was like. You make me take my shoes off, you sons of bitches. Yeah, they're too busy looking at uh, dicks they scanned uh-huh. from their <laughs> weird, their weird hold your arms over your head machine. Now, um, Joey, is this going to hurt Alex Caruso? He's an unrestricted no. free agent this year. No. Would you still sign him? him? Yeah, of course. You I, sure? I would love to have him learn the Golden State Warriors. He's, Are you fucking kidding me? He's, a, he's he's addicted to drugs, Joey. I mean, that's cool. That if anything, <laughs> this just makes him cooler. And if anything, this uh proves our thesis, Sean. When we first saw Alex Caruso, the first time before anyone <laughs> else had uh-huh. at, uh Lonzo Ball's first summer league game. Mm-hmm. Our first question when we saw Alex Caruso, do you remember what it was? Is he an undercover yeah, cop? Yeah, I believe yeah. he is an undercover cop. This is yeah, a 21 a... Jump Street thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wasn't able to bust Dion Waiters last year or J.R. Smith, but he's still... And actually, there's still this a year, Morris uh, twin on the, the team. The entire... Yeah, yeah, there's still a Morris <laughs> twin on the team. He uh, wasn't able to get... Uh, Andre Drummond thrown into jail uh, during the playoffs. Uh, just, just as Laker fans wanted him to because he didn't have due process. But uh, yeah, he, I think he's an undercover cop. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we should talk about. Oh, baby. Look, we started playing this as a joke, but now I can't even pod without listening to it. It makes me feel like it's time for some basketball. Here comes Pitbull. This song is about Devin Booker, I decided. Pitbull is a time traveler who went back in time to watch Devin Booker play basketball. Um, But unfortunately... We have multiple playoff drops, so before we talk about Devin Booker, we also have to hear this. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Basketball for humans. We're going to be championship. Data for robots. Both teams play hard, my man. Both teams played hard. All right, Sean, as I said earlier, unfortunately, I missed uh, Suns Clippers game two. So mm-hmm. why don't you walk us through what happened? Tell, Explain to me why the end of that game appeared to take two and a half hours. Because it took two and a half hours. Okay. It took a really long time. Like the game started at six. It ended after nine. It was a regulation game that did not go to overtime. Um, it fucked up our, we should say it fucked up our podcast because we had an East coast guest that wanted to be on and then he had to go to bed. (laughs) Okay, Joey, I'm just going to tell you, uh, things started, uh, slowing way down Uh with a minute and a half to go. I don't understand Uh. how this happened with Chris Paul out. 
Like, I would understand right. how this would have happened if Chris Paul was playing in the game, but... Well, the key is Scott Foster was playing in this game. Oh, <laughs> actually, you know what? You don't even need to explain anything else. Scott Foster was there. Did Steve Javi get a lot of run tonight? You know, he... The thing is, he didn't get a lot what? of run. I feel like they're phasing him out. There were so many reviews, and Javi, like, couldn't even get in. Um, I mean, this was a... This was a game where throughout the entire game... Uh, Jeff Van Gundy was second guessing the refs, uh, bringing up some of his uh, Bill Maher style new rules. Like if you make the three celebration and you're shooting below 30 percent from three, it's a technical foul. Mm-hmm. No rule. Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, because of various reviews, uh, the last 90 seconds of the game, Joey, took 33 minutes to complete. <laughs> That's insane. It took 33 minutes to complete. Now, I felt like I was going crazy because I also saw some footage of uh, baseball games from today mm-hmm. where uh, Major League Baseball has instituted a stop and frisk policy against all the pitchers. Uh-huh. And um, so I guess they do it like once a game in a mandatory way. Mm-hmm. And the players are, like, not happy about it because they get, like, patted down and they have to hand over their gloves and their hats. Mm-hmm. And uh, an absolute baseball hero, Joey, today, uh, Sergio Romo. I saw it. He took his whole pants down. Yeah, um, it ruled. Yeah. Anyway, he also, this is he, a baseball podcast. I'm the sorry. The basketball I'm sorry. playoffs are Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, but um, this, this, somehow, this somehow wasted so much more time than the most annoying, time-wasting baseball thing. Baseball, the slowest sport. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, the last 90 seconds took 33 real-time minutes. Uh, In that stretch, there were five, five different video reviews in that stretch. How many of them were called by the the coaches? Any of them? No, they were within the last two minutes, so they were all automatic reviews. (laughs) So there was, uh, there were a couple of -of out-of-bounds plays. I mean, the most egregious one, I would say was that uh, there had been uh, a turnover where essentially the ball was knocked out of a Phoenix Suns hand, Mm -hmm. but then there was like a millisecond where, okay, so Patrick Beverly hit the ball, and uh, (laughs) Patrick Beverly hit the ball, Mm -hmm. and it- Which is rare for him, considering normally he's hitting the people. I mean, he, um, well, good for him getting a hand on. I the ball will circle for back to that, life. Joey. But uh-huh. um, it was going off the hand, and there was like a millisecond where the ball was touching the offensive player's hand for again, like one millisecond before going out of bounds. Every other point in the game, it's not even a controversial call because one guy hit the ball and made it go out of bounds. But apparently, we're using um, the same microscope. That Dan Gilbert's using to review Kobe Altman's status. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that. We later. talked about but, it uh, earlier. You're breaking. You're sort of breaking how we. I'm breaking the. This t- sorry that I've, Oh, You've, this is like fucking tenant now. It's like huh? Loki. You broke the sacred timeline. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> no, Loki's gonna get us. Oh, um, and Corbin's gonna love the fact that I brought that up. He's at home yeah. just jerking it off. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So in this in this game in general, uh, Devin Booker was called for three very questionable <laughs> offensive fouls. He was called for another 
foul where he was kind of running through a screen and Paul George kind of hooked his arm. Like, he was going through it from the refs today. Uh, anyway, there were so many reviews. And then, okay, so here's what I let's just Let's just go to the end of the game. Like, the, the Suns basically led by a little bit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one scores for three minutes. Uh, Mikhail Bridges and Paul George trade threes. Aiton and Zubat <laughs> trade two-pointers. Campaign hits another three. Luke Kennard hits a jumper. And then uh, Paul George gets a, a fairly questionable personal foul uh, 10 seconds after. So he he gets called for an offensive foul with 106 left, which mm-hmm. was a little questionable. 10 seconds later, he gets called for going through a screen. Paul George nails both his free throws. It's a one-point game. And then Ivica Zubac blocks the unstoppable Cameron Payne's shot. Paul George gets a rebound. Paul George takes it down. Suns lead, uh, Clippers take the lead by one with 30 seconds to go. Man, I feel like I'm doing a dunk on recap here. Oh, yeah. Uh, four seconds later, Devin Booker but first, gets it. We'll tell you, uh, what happened four seconds left in the game, yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, we have to hear about uh, the baldness pills I take. Um, <laughs> all right, keep going. <laughs> um, Booker, Booker hits a two, Suns up one, Clippers take uh, one of their, their, their second to last timeout. Uh, they make some offense, defense substitutions. You got to get Tory Craig in the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Paul George hits another jump shot, uh, with Nick Batum passing to him. Clippers take it. Sean, and then go can ahead. I ask you a yeah. question. Yeah. Do we have to be nice to Paul George now? Well, it seems Joey, like he's j- hitting a lot of shots here. Well, just, end. just uh, be a little, be patient. Okay. All right. So <laughs> then, uh, the crazy, uh, the crazy play happens where uh, the ball goes out of bounds. Uh, it's called like there's a play. There's one out of bounds play is initially called a jump ball. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that it touched DeAndre Ayton's fingertip for a second after it touched Zubach's shoe. Um, and then, and then with, uh, you know, like nine seconds left, there's uh, the ball gets swiped at. That was the egregious Ball got knocked out of bounds, but they still give it to the defender. Now, Clippers when, take a timeout. When is Patrick Beverly like, I'm thinking Devin Booker's nose with the fellas? Did that happen oh, that's, already? Oh, that's way earlier. That's okay. way earlier in the game. I'm, <laughs> let, me, let me finish up here. Um, and so then uh, the Suns on the inbounds, because uh, they're down one with eight seconds to go. Uh, George gets fouled. He goes to the line, and he misses that first free throw, Joey. Of course he does. And then he misses that second free throw. Oh, my God! <laughs> uh, Suns get a rebound, take a full timeout. They go all offense. Booker's in for Craig. Cam Johnson's in. Um, and they they run a play. The, the Clippers swarm Booker. Booker gives up the ball. Mikel Bridges has a uh, corner three that bounces out, tipped off uh, out in the corner, 0.9 seconds left. Uh they make their subs, boogie come. They decide they're gonna do like Stan Van Gundy and build a fucking wall. They put boogie in for this. They, they put boogie this in. They put Zubach idea. in. They put Zubach <laughs> in. They put Batum in. They got some okay. size. All right. uh, and then what happens on the inbounds? Devin Booker sets a monster screen on Zubach. They throw an alley oop right above the the rim, and Aiton jams that shit home. That's tight. And it's like an amazing moment. And then the game stops for eight minutes. Why? 
because they're like reviewing it, even though it can't be goaltending because it's not a shot. Like you, you can't score it, so you can actually just go right over the rim and dunk it. Uh, what happens is the Clippers basically try to send out not Boogie Cousins and Vika <laughs> Zubac for the last play. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're out of timeouts. Like right. there is, the Clippers are inbounding under their basket with 0.7 to go. Oh, they also have to reset the shot clock. Literally, it is mm-hmm. eight minutes where no one knows what's happening. Um, the winning team, the winning fans are like throwing plastic bottles on the court because they've just had it with the refs. Cause, well, because they're the so officials. violent because of... Uh... <laughs> Uh, because uh, Devin Booker liked a, a meme. Remember, you saw all that. Oh, oh, that's right. This that's weekend, right. right. Yeah, the son, the sons and four guy punched Scott Foster. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> what the refs did was more violent than anyone in the stands has done in this series. So anyway, after eight minutes, it's a desperation pass. So they throw it to the double covered Paul George, and he doesn't get a shot off because there's point seven to go, and they're throwing it from the baseline. Uh-huh. It was so annoying and so stupid. You like the what, game. Though? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be on the Clippers' side here for a second. If they're gonna make reviews like that late in the game, let them mm-hmm. substitute. If there's gonna be a stoppage, well, let them make substitutes. I don't care. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing was incredibly stupid. Like, like everyone watching was like, I do not fucking care who's in the game, mm-hmm. especially because there's point seven left. It's like right. the Suns made a fairly impossible play. But they were at least throwing it right. near their basket. Right. Uh, but like, was... what if... I'm just saying, like, we already allow teams to magically move the ball to make the game better. Let right. them sub-defense offense if you're going to be doing these reviews. Who cares? It makes the yeah, game you, better. You waited, you waited seven minutes. You, yeah. The refs called the timeout. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's exactly. that's sorry. The refs called a timeout. They get to people get to put people in. Um. Anyway, that is uh, my take from someone who missed this apparently magical game, and I'm depressed about it. It sounds amazing. Well, here's the thing: the game was great, and then the end was terrible. Even though players were making incredible clutch performances, like that Aiton shot is an all timer. Like, when does that ever work, Joey? Uh, not often. About not as often, often, about as often as the missing the free throw for a putback that I saw Kobe Bryant do to the Golden State Warriors one yes, time. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I remember that game very strongly. Um, okay, so the other things that happened, uh, there was a play where, uh, Devin Booker made a fake and Patrick Beverly was so flustered by it, mm-hmm. he headbutted Devin Booker in the nose. Mm-hmm. And it did look like he lost his balance, but it's Patrick Beverly. He's thinking, um, I'm going to break Devin Booker's nose with the fellas. Uh, I you know, know I these, made that joke earlier, but, you know. <laughs> these next five bones in your face are mine. <laughs> That's an obscure one. Uh, he started today, Joey. He started. Great. Sorry, I clicked to a box score, and uh, I don't a, know. I couldn't hear it. You were good. Um, Thank God. Um, anyway, we should move yeah. off this game because we have three other games to talk about. We have other about. games We've to talk about. Anyway, uh, great, jo- great job, Suns. And Paul George was really good until he was really embarrassing but at the end. While Five we're, for ten. While we're on the Suns, Sean, yeah. we should say mm-hmm. we probably need to apologize to Devin Booker, right? Apologized to him earlier this year. I We're know, fine. But he he played on Saturday in game one. It was literally one of the best 
uh, games I've ever seen anyone play in the playoffs. So it was truly yeah, incredible. I just feel like I've I apologized to him like a year ago. Yeah, but there's got, someone who needs a. to apologize to him more, though. You know who you? that is. I believe we should ban the DH, long putters, oh. extra points, the NIT, and pickoff throws. You really want to know what I believe? I believe in the four-point line. I believe soup is the perfect food. I- um, that's right. The only people that were meaner to Devin Booker is Bill Simmons, who once tweeted at Devin Booker about how he was disappointed he didn't go to the Olympics. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, no, it wasn't the Olympics, Tony. Oh, no, it, it was, was the FIBA World yeah. Championships. So he's like, oh, I'm sure he's going to do better working with a trainer than playing against these guys. And then the team ended up having like five Celtics on it, and they came in 10th place. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool when you said that. I have it right now. He said, I hope Devin Booker is watching this OT game before his intense workout with some 5'9 trainer who just keeps feeding him uncontested threes because that's a better way to get to prepare for the season. Boy, it was definitely a better way to prepare for the season, I got to (laughs) say. Also, a lot of the Celtics got hurt in that tournament, too. Uh, Anyway... yeah, Kevin quick, Booker was fucking awesome. Quick, <laughs> a couple quick notes for the game. Uh, Booker was in foul trouble. Still put 41 minutes. Only scored 20 points, but he was really good again. Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. I do have to apologize to Cameron Payne because I have made a lot of jokes about campaigning, champagne and campaign being mm-hmm. uh, like when you party and then you get cut and you're well, out don't, of the league. Don't 29. <laughs> the greatest campaign joke of all time was on our podcast, and it was by our friend Julian Rodriguez, who once said campaign was the city mouse to Alfred Payton's country mouse. I mean, does, I mean, I guess he has to apologize to Cameron Payne, too, because he scored 29 points tonight, nine assists, and uh, I think pretty much destroyed Chris Paul's MVP argument with a... And his assist to turnover ratio tonight was infinity, mm-hmm. nine to nothing. Uh, DeAndre Aiden tonight, twenty four and fourteen. I, we uh, really don't need to go shots. over the box. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All three of those guys were really yeah, good. Yeah. But let's go back to the other games. But yeah, they were all really good on. Uh, and Michael Bridges with Michael Bridges. I, Michael Michael Bridges yeah, was Mikhail. really good on Saturday. Uh, this Suns team is really good. Um, but I don't think they're that good. They're okay. good. Fair enough. I'm just I'm just like in a normal year though. Oh, sure. But what you don't we don't have to be those guys. Uh let's No, enjoy I'm, the I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying the, the Suns are playing well. I just don't need to be like, oh, the Suns are really good. Like, well, they are pretty good. But it's <laughs> not like it's not like like we know they're winning the games. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Anyway. Uh okay, let's do Sean, what do you have for the rest of this? Who you oh, got? the the Clippers will win a game or two at home. I think so, actually they'll think probably the Suns are gonna win the series. I think so, probably. Yeah. Okay. With, it, so it you doesn't think really... the Suns are going to the NBA Finals? I do. Yeah, okay. I If the Clippers had stolen this game, I would be picking the Clippers, though. I mean, it's a pretty close series. Here's the thing. But, but it's 2 nothing. Here's yeah. what I think is going to happen. What's that? I think that Chris Paul is going to force his way back, and the Clippers are going to win 4-3. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the most Chris Paul shit possible. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, and 
I'm mainly only saying that because I have to stick with my amazing prediction that if the Clippers beat the Jazz, they are making the NBA Finals. They've got um, they've figured something out yeah, yeah. by beating the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, that, sorry, the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk Eastern Conference basketball because that was also awesome this weekend. All right, Sean. let's do. Go ahead. Let's do let's do the first game chronologically. Yep. Walk us through what happened. All right. We had a game where, Joey, what would you say is the standard criticism? Like, like, what's the most default criticism that uh, maybe like a coach Mike Budenholzer gets in the playoffs? Uh, the fact that he plays too many guys and then also doesn't make adjustments. Mm-hmm. So in game seven... Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo played 50 minutes. Chris Middleton played 52. Drew Holiday, 48. Brooke Lopez, 46. P.J. Tucker, 38. Here's uh, the funny thing about that game, though. He only really played Pat Connaughton off the bench. Yes. But there was a three-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where it looked like Pat Connaughton was going to lose them the game. <laughs> Although, uh, Pat Connaughton, best plus-minus in the entire game. Sure. In his 23 But points. he had some real bad plays. He airballed a pull-up three. Uh-huh. Uh, he, let a, he let a rebound bounce off his hands out of bounds with, like, 245 left in the game. <laughs> um... Yeah, so he he was the only guy that played. Uh, Thanasis came in for a mm-hmm. few seconds, I think, and Bryn Forbes played five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I I kind of think that the Nets forced him into doing it by running out of players, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So Kevin Durant played all fifty three minutes of this game. So did James Harden. Uh, Bruce Brown played fifty two after playing like four minutes in the previous game. Mm-hmm. Joe well, Harris that was weird. He only played four minutes in the last game. Yeah, that that part is weirder. Um, <laughs> and then Jeff Jeff Green is also clearly injured. So not only were they only playing, and for whatever reason they could not trust Landry Shamit. He played seven minutes. Mm-hmm. To me, you maybe have to steal a few Shamit minutes, but it just got to the point where it almost was like, like the point in a fight where you like no one was even moving. They were just going to stand there and punch each other. Well, you know who I would have maybe played if I was Steve. Uh, he barely played at all. I, he might be injured, but I, I would have tried to steal some, uh, Tyler Johnson minutes. Just saying, uh, that's just me. I, I, I think Mike James would have been yeah. the choice there. Either uh, way. One of those two guys, uh, cause Landry think- Shamit is a ghost. I mean, I get it. I get not wanting to play Landry Shamit anymore. But I mean, but he had... was he was good earlier in the series. No, it, right. it almost felt like they... I just mean, the way Harden was looking, I maybe would have tried to get him some rest. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, all the only thing that makes sense to me is that uh, he was worried that if he sat down at all, he His was not going to be able to move his hand. And so if you keep that in mind, it's like... Well, don't worry, though, Sean. He's playing in the Olympics for some reason. (laughs) He is playing in the Olympics. So is Kevin Durant. He and Durant have decided to play in the Olympics like complete psychopaths. They're hoopers. They're proving they're hoopers. Look, it does does not seem like Kevin Durant gets tired until the 52-minute mark of a game. (laughs) So that's kind of what we learned. He got very tired at the end. Uh, 
this was just a great game. Um, Kevin it, Durant had hit the greatest shot I think I've ever seen. It's one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. And it was, uh, yeah, like two inches over the three-point line. Like, clearly, his toes feet on the, line, like on the line. But, like, but... just his toes and just because he has really big feet, too. Um, Ladies. Okay. Um, the, well, you uh, know the story. That... that he wears shoes that are half a size bigger than his actual feet. Because they're, like, comfortable. <laughs> And here's the thing, if he were wearing shoes that fit, they would not have been on the line, Sean. That would have been a three-pointer. That's my take. <laughs> uh-huh. Kevin Durant, you fucked up. Um, all right. Yeah, he, think... he had 48. Yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, the only thing that I, I feel like the memorable things about this game were, um, uh, I thought Chris Middleton and Giannis played really well. And P.J. Tucker was insane. I thought Chris Middleton was really bad right until the... He and Drew showed up right at the end of the game. The notable thing that happened in this game is... And the hero no one talks about. Yes, P.J. Tucker was great. But uh, Brooke Lopez almost single-handedly boneheaded the game away for them. Mm -hmm. And then made an insane game-winning block... Yes. Um, from like, from zero to hero, I yeah. would say. Uh, yeah, it was uh, good for Brooke. I'm proud of him. I hope Robin's proud of him. What was the Disney character where you feel like that's the most analogous? Well, from zero yeah. to hero is, of course, Hercules. There right, right. song but, in Hercules. Yeah. I don't think I Hercules think was happened. really ever a zero. Uh, come on, guys. Uh, you know what? I think... In that moment of him making that block, uh-huh. he became a real boy. That's some Pinocchio shit, you know? Wow, wow. I I think he's a truthful <laughs> man myself. I just thought it was uh, both sides of Baloo. He, you saw uh, you saw the silliness and the wackiness. And you know what? Actually, here's what I'm going to say. He went from Baloo when he held the ball and got a 24-second violation with seven seconds left in regulation – to when he was blocking that shot, he was uh, he was Little John from Robin yeah. Hood. I like it. Same Sounds character good. design and the same voice, but, you know. Different guy. Um, all right. Uh, that game was great, though. Yeah. And then we had an all-time terrible game that was also great, though. Yeah, I mean, like, it was a like, great game, but it was a bad game, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, well, it was... It is much more like what Game 7s tend to be like, rather than what people kind of think Game 7s are like. And the Sixers and the Hawks, <laughs> yeah. which was a real story of people who couldn't make shots, uh, unless your name was Seth Curry or Kevin Herter, right? Wouldn't you say yeah. that's fair? Well, yeah, because Trey Young shot 5 of 23 <laughs> in this game. Uh Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, had Very to leave hurt. the game after a while. He was hurt. Very clearly hurt. Danilo, uh, though, had a pretty good game. Gallinari had a big game. Um, Lou, William, Lou Williams, like, in the middle of this series, started just coming in for a few minutes and mm-hmm. just getting, like, a couple of buckets. Uh, you know who had a very tough game, I gotta say, and a tough series? Ben uh, Simmons? The, the dunker himself. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, Fuerte. Like a like he was a tough guy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So not John Ben Collins. Simmons. Yeah, no, John no, no, Collins, no, no. The, the opposite of him. <laughs> but we got to talk about Simmons and Embiid. That's really the story here. 
Uh, uh-huh. Ben Simmons, with how much time was left in the game? Like a minute 30 or something? Had uh, a wide open dunk? Yeah, that's... Yeah, so... Ben Simmons uh, <laughs> had taken no shots at all in the fourth quarter. And I think the last four games of this series, mm-hmm. he didn't he was make an playing attempt. like Kobe or Rick Barry in the NBA, in the NBA playoffs. Well, and uh, it, having it, a tantrum, but for all seven games. Now, now you 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 got into this a little bit on uh, our friend Corbin's uh, Turtle Pond Hangout mm-hmm. podcast, and the only thing I wanted to add from that is that I think that it is, even though it is very. <laughs> blatant that he that Ben Simmons will not shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, it is reductive to say that it is just the shooting because he literally won't handle the ball right. at the end of games. And turns so turns into Andres Bedrins. Yeah, but it's it's like it's not even like, oh, can the does it matter if your point guard is scoring if he's doing other things? And it does matter because he can't even be your point guard in crunch time because he's standing under the basket because he doesn't want to get fouled, but he's also standing in the way of your MVP candidate. And now your MVP candidate has to hang out 20 feet from the basket because if he goes near the basket, he's dribbling into a double team because there's a guy who is standing out of bounds uh, next to the hoop. But the thing and I, your point the thing I want to say in defense of Ben Simmons Oh, is, okay. this you, you is think also, he played really well? In no, I seven? no, I do not. <laughs> I just think that this is also classic Joel Embiid to throw Ben Simmons under the bus uh, to sort of avoid talking about the fact that he turns the ball over like 45% of the time he gets doubled because that's a classic Joel Embiid problem. I, I think you're just wrong about this because he's a center that has to get the ball 15 feet from the basket all the time because his point guard is standing in his spot. I'm on, I'm on your side. But the reason it, it, it just doesn't, it's like, uh, okay. Another thing I did was I watched a clip of all of Ben Simmons's 13 assists Mm -hmm. in this game. And I got to say, he needs to get a gift for that scorekeeper in Philadelphia Three of those assists were when he passed to Joel Embiid at like the top of the circle, mm-hmm. and then Embiid took four dribbles and then took a shot. Sure, it's um, just like he's he's not a positive player in any way in the playoffs. I agree. I'm with you. I'm just saying Joel Embiid is also not uh... right. But there's a reason p- other normal teams don't have their center handling 18 feet. Sure. From the basket in crunch time, you use a point guard or Jimmy Butler or something mm-hmm. like like, yes, he's going to turn the ball over because he's seven foot two mm-hmm. and he's dribbling 18 feet from the basket because no one else can create a shot. Yeah. It's like I just don't feel like that's a Joel Embiid problem <laughs> like I, that's <laughs> fair enough. I feel like you got mad at me and you're really mad at someone else over this. Well, but, I, am, uh... I am. I'm just like I'm just like <laughs> when I watched I went back and watched the end of this game because I had heard some pro Simmons things. And I was like, was I crazy when I was watching this? And it's like, no, it's very hard to play four on five basketball Mm -hmm. when your center is your point guard. Mm -hmm. And then your point guard is pretending to be a center, but mostly is just afraid to shoot free throws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And uh, anyway, I mean, like, I, he is he is for sure getting traded in this offseason. I don't think so, actually. There, there is no way they are going to run this back. I just don't think... Daryl Morey doesn't sell low on shit, and this would be he, selling he, so low. He does sell low on things, though. He sold low on Chris Paul. Like, the most famous no, trade he's true, made recently actually. is a giant sell low. Um, but, I mean, he got I mean, Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, and he gave up three first-round picks. He got yeah. the worst player. And I'm just saying, like, this is, not, like, the end of this situation. Like, look, it sucks to throw Ben Simmons under the bus for this. But he's he's not talking to Ben Simmons. He's talking to Daryl Morey. Like, I, well, I can, don't agree with that. I think I have not. I would also say, if you watch that entire interview... That part of it is a very small part mm-hmm. that is a pull quote, and it the, does well, not sound as bad, I not as isolated. Is Doc, Doc straight up throws too? Oh, here's uh, here's another problem. Uh, do you know how many? So remember when we were looking at that other game seven when um, that that coach was really serious and he learned the error of his ways and he played guys well, a lot well, of minutes. Hold on, you're giving Bud a little too much credit here, but yes, keep going. I'm saying, well, I'm saying at least at least he. At least he solved that one problem. Like, like, like it happened for years. Many things will happen for years and coaches won't learn at all if their name is Glenn. Um, (laughs) But at least when it came down to brass tacks and uh, he was he was he was uh, Kevin Durant's ill-fitting shoes away from getting fired and replaced by Rick Carlisle. Mm -hmm. Mike Budenholzer decided, hey, it's important. We should probably just play our best players. How many guys do you think Doc Rivers played in Game Seven? Well, I'll tell you who he didn't play. That he. Well, we don't need to get into that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> he should bring in a guy who hasn't played in two months. Well, this—that's my look. My take on the Sixers: they were always destined. It was Ben Simmons, yes, obviously uh-huh. a problem, but it also didn't help that they were playing Dwight Howard at all. The yeah. entire time. Um, yeah, because because uh yeah, who else is tall on that team except everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> uh and Dwight Howard gave them nothing but flagrant fouls and knowing where the camera was at any minute of the game. When uh he, might have helped to play Mike Scott, who can shoot a three. Uh well, just a thought. Uh, you know what I would have done? Not played ten guys. Yeah, I wouldn't well. have played ten guys in the game seven. <laughs> I wouldn't have played George Hill 22 minutes when he was negative 15. Like, um, like that's the, that's, is the thing about Ben Simmons being your point guard is that you need an additional point guard. Mm-hmm. And usually that guy's not going to be that good because you have three guys on max contracts already. Well, One of them who is again, your non shooting, non ball handling fourth quarter point guard. I will say not having Danny green available really hurt them because uh, if Danny green was available, uh, the Atlanta Hawks go-to play wouldn't have been Kevin Herter find a short guy and ISO him like your Kobe Bryant like right. four times a quarter. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean the 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 Hawks the the Sixers bet. Look, Ben Simmons had his issues, but like is a good defender. Tybal played twenty-one minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone on the bench had negative minutes except the five minutes of Shake Milton, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh. The really the good boy of the mm-hmm. Sixers, but also um, even with the Danny Green thing, it's like, oh, you're surprised that Danny Green was a little banged up in the playoffs. <laughs> like, have you watched basketball for the last eight years? He's always banged up in the playoffs, or he's banging someone else up in the playoffs. 
But uh, anyway, uh, this to me, like, great job, Hawks, great job, Trey Young. This should have been an unlosable series. Mm -hmm. They were were up so many points at home in game Mm -hmm. five. They sh- they blew game four like mm-hmm. like I, I they lost three home games and okay this is I I'll just say one more thing about Doc Rivers and I'm I don't sorry I I've ranted about Bill Ben Simmons he just needs to go somewhere else you know what I mean like like it's not like he's it's not like he's ruined forever but uh, this is not the right situation for him um, the Sixers are like Lob City East right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. They are this team that is so famous and they've got so many guys who just haven't done shit. You know what I mean? Like they haven't got out of the second round. They're obsessed with awards. They're always getting like three guys on the all defensive team and then giving up like 40 well, points. Well, and their GM is players. a man who has been obsessed with awards here for a long time too, which yeah. doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah. Houston is in that mode too, but I think they're they're like a direct analog with the Lob City yes. Clippers, where like DeAndre Jordan's getting pushed for Defensive Player of the Year, and yet they melt down in the same way. And like, there's always an injury in the playoffs. Are they and they always like blow a giant lead too. Like they, but but you've never. It's like the most arrogant team at the same time. Like just these guys who have you know, like, like just certificates of achievement Mm -hmm. and like it's all-star appearances. It's all about the defensive player of the year. They they had three guys on the all defensive team and they, they just couldn't get a stop in an important moment. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, I just can't believe that doc rivers ended up the coach of this team again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you look at the team and you're like, there's so much talent here. It just, it it's like, it should be impossible for them to have lost this series to the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, we've gone on for an hour now. Um, we've got to move on. Uh, Sean, who you got in Bucks, Hawks? Uh, all respect to the Hawks, uh, Bucks in five. I also have Bucks in five. Uh, it feels like the Bucks had their NBA finals and are walking straight to the championship, I think, possibly. I mean, very uh, but, possibly. I, I mean, I kind of believe in the Suns, but uh, but no, it it felt like that series was like the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, uh, Sean. You know what happened tonight? Yes. The motherfucking lottery, baby. So it's it's draft time already. It's time for the draft. With the first pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Anthony Bennett of Toronto. Where the bad teams get good. With the second pick in the 2003 NBA Draft, the Detroit Pistons select Darko Milicic. And everyone's a winner. The Toronto Raptors select Andrea Bargnani. People not choosing where they get to work is a system robots understand all too well. The Charlotte Bobcats select Adam Morrison. Anyway, good luck children. 
Hope you don't end up playing basketball for a podcast. Let's talk about the draft. Whoa! Surprised at Anthony Bennett's draft. <laughs> uh, I honestly kind of forgot that that's what that draft was. Draft drop was based on uh-huh. is me adding that noise to every bad draft pick. Um, <laughs> oh! <laughs> Uh, Sean, uh, we wanted to talk about the lottery and more importantly, the lottery representatives. Yeah, because we're not really draft guys as much as we have like very strong opinions that aren't necessarily based on like watching the guys necessarily. So So we like the pageantry. Yeah. We brought brought in our friend Keith Parrish to talk about. Uh, the draft lottery representatives. And uh, let's hear that right now. All right, we're here with my friend and yours from the Fast Break Breakfast podcast, Keith Parrish, a man who I hosted fast. I co-hosted Fast Break Breakfast with him and John this week. And he was so stoked about the lottery that uh, we had to have him on to be the judge of our lottery off. Sean, do you want to explain what we're what we're going to do here with Keith? Okay, so um what we did is so today was the draft lottery and every team gets to send uh their own you can choose whoever you want to represent you. Sometimes it's a player on the team, sometimes it is uh an acclaimed actress who was the star of less than zero uh mm-hmm. and yep. twister who <laughs> happens to be married to the epstein adjacent owner of the atlanta hawks sometimes it's a billionaire's bow-tied son with a mysterious disease that simon birch had i think uh but uh it can be anyone anyway we went through the lottery reps and uh tried to predict so we had yeah we had some friends um, we're, well, we're we'll talk to, about the prediction sorry, sorry, when we'll we talk get about that to later. the, but what we need, what we need Keith to do is Joey and I have picked better reps. Now mm-hmm. I have mine in alphabetical order, Joey. That's fine. Okay. Um, and we're just going to pick who we think the rep should have been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have a couple backups in case I, there were a few I was worried about duplicating Joey on. So, sure. you know, maybe, maybe. Um, and Keith, you just have to decide who is the be- the better lottery rep. Okay, so I got it. Sean, why uh-huh. don't you go through and announce who the, each, who the actual rep is, and then we will go through. I'll say who I think it should be, and then you. Okay, so um, the Charlotte Hornets, mm-hmm. their draft representative was Miles Bridges. Uh, he is most known for uh, not being Mikel Bridges. He's the other one. Uh, and I think their lottery rep should have, of course, been Charlotte native Skeet Ulrich from uh, <laughs> Scream, from The Craft, uh, Jughead's dad on Riverdale. Uh, for any of you Jericho heads out there, he was the lead of Jericho. Why did you email light? I mean, why did you mail light bulbs to CBS or whatever? Sean, who do you think should have been the? Uh, I think the rep should be the same as it should be everywhere. Uh, Michael Jordan and a pint glass full of tequila sitting next <laughs> to Hugo the Hornet. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, as much as I enjoyed watching two to three episodes of Jericho, um, I'm leaning yes, that it should have been Michael Jordan. It should not yeah. have been uh, Miles Bridges, obviously, with the Hornets not winning the lottery. I think Michael Jordan need to bank, needed to bank on the success of the last dance from the last year and maybe make a social appearance. He could have leaned into it, maybe reenacted some of the memes mm-hmm. from the last dance, maybe be looking at a little tablet kind of mm-hmm. reacting to it as the results were coming out. I think that mm-hmm. would have been a big hit and uh, yeah. probably would have given the Hornets some better luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, right. it it would have been a lot better for the ratings considering yeah. how well the small markets did. I've, I already have filed my ratings column mm-hmm. for, um, you know, also- Fox news, uh, outkick. And, uh, <laughs> I'm also, also, I feel like, um, uh, including Miles Bridges gives him kind of a leg up in a negotiating stance when it comes to that, that free agent tender, when he has that restricted offer sheet. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Brett and Randy would not, um, be in favor of including Miles Bridges. You want to keep him at an arm's length so then you can negotiate Fair. a little a little tougher <laughs> with him. Yeah, think of him as a human NFT and yeah. you're much better. Yeah. Um, all right, Sean. The Chicago Bulls, who did they send? Uh the Chicago Bulls, they sent Mark Eversley, their general manager. I think he's the only Canadian born general manager in the league. He is a Colangelo protege. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Eversley. So for this one. Uh-huh. I believe that they should send. Look, we haven't had anybody send groups of people yet, right? Uh, and as far as I know, I looked in the rule book just as Air, as uh, just like Airbud, and there's no rule against sending groups of people. And they are sending the cast of Chicago Fire, the cast of Chicago PD, the cast of Chicago Med, and the cast of, of course, Chicago Justice. The, I didn't even know that last it was, one. Was it the was show. canceled. Uh, <laughs> what about Chicago Hope? Can we get the cast of Chicago Hope on there as well? Sure. I mean, we can oh. bring in anybody from the entire Chicago cinematic universe. Uh huh. <laughs> what's the Mandy Patinkin one from the the ER? That's Chicago. That was Hope. Chicago Hope. That was Chicago Hope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure. yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> um, I thought that they would go with Jim Boylan, but I actually think it should just be a giant container of celery salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, between those options, I, uh, I'm leaning with, with the cast, the groups of people. I yeah. mean, it was done on zoom. No one was yeah. there in person. So yeah, they should have gotten as many cast members from the numerous television, uh, shows named after Chicago, that yes, those should have been the representatives. Also, I think a good idea might have been if Michael Jordan showed up like we wanted for the Hornets to then get Scottie Pippen to show up mm-hmm. so he could pip yeah, out his yeah. new book <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and get a little of that tension going for television. It might have been a good idea, but I have to I have to side with Joey and the cast of the, of the Chicago uh, TV shows. Thank, okay. thank you, Keith. All uh, right, uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers they brought uh, embattled GM Kobe Altman. Bold move to bring him to the lottery when uh, the owner, who can barely speak, uh, still managed to put out a public statement that he was evaluating Kobe Altman's resume with a microscope. And I assume we mean he is taking a close look, and that is <laughs> not just uh, some of the damage that he suffered. 
Um, I will all lead off this time, Joey. Sure. I think they should pick, um, you know, it, I, it's better when it's a legend than mm-hmm. an executive, I think, in general. Agreed. So I think they should pick one of the great, uh, one of the great kind of underrecognized people in Cleveland Cavaliers history. Uh, Sean Marion should be a representative. <laughs> we all remember that career highlights video they showed in the 2015 finals. It was very touching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, before they retire his jersey, let him go to a lottery. Uh, I'm picking, of course, one of the great uh, Round Ball Rock Final Four contestants. America's greatest creep. He's from Cleveland. Sean, I believe the Cavaliers should have sent Joe Esterhaas. The man who wrote Flashdance, Basic Instinct, and Showgirls. You know the the other the other candidate I would I would promote I know you, judge based on Sean Marion but uh, I think it would be great to bring Scott Rabb, mm-hmm. the author of <laughs> the Horror of Akron, the LeBron James takedown. Yep. What does he have a tattoo of, Joey? I don't remember what Scott Rabb's <laughs> tattoo terrible. was of. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Keith's on a time limit here, so we got to okay, move on. Right, right. Sorry. Sean Marion is one of my all-time favorite NBA players. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it pains me. I think I have to go with Joe Esterhaus. I think yes. it's, it's a better, more representative uh, selection. And, I mean, you, you can, they can't go wrong. I mean, they jumped it for three this year, the mm-hmm. Cavaliers did. After winning, they basically win the lottery every year. Yeah. So they just, whatever they do, it doesn't matter. It seems I like, said but... to our group DM after that happened, after it revealed that they jumped into the top four, that Cleveland should be uh, banned from the lottery. And I believe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, there should be a limit how many times you get to pick in the top four. You know, like maybe <laughs> just four or five times over a 10-year span. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Sean. Who? By the way, Scott Scott Rabb's tattoo is uh, of Chief Wahoo, and he wrote a story about it for Esquire that is titled "Why I Have a Racist Caricature on My Arm." Right. All right, but it's my <laughs> arm, and it's my goddamn problem. What a cool guy, <laughs> um, Sean. Okay. Who did the Detroit Pistons send? Uh, they sent Ben Wallace, a new Hall of Famer, Ben Wallace, to to be their draft rep. Pretty Look good cool choice, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my answer was Ben Wallace is correct, but I do have a backup. But um, you, you go first on this one. I think they should have just sent the the Joe Lewis fist. Uh-huh. Like, you, uh huh. Like it would be hard. You you set up a laptop outside of the sculpture of the Joe Lewis fist, and you, you just zoom it in. Uh huh. I'm going with uh, my guy Eminem and just <laughs> let him freestyle the whole time. <laughs> That's an awfully sick lottery pick. Um, <laughs> Adam Seldon. <laughs> Keith, what's the ruling? I got to go Eminem. I feel yeah, like, I yeah. yeah I think yeah, yeah. Eminem is the, the, the best option there. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, they took uh, the outgoing president of basketball operations, NBA lifer Rick Welts, uh, formerly of the Phoenix Suns, and the first Openly gay executive in professional sports, I think. I mean, like, it might be wrong. Um, no, I, you know, you're correct. I mean, I, I think, yeah. Um, uh, and my answer for who it should be, first, I thought it should be uh, playoff legend uh, Carlos Santana, known for uh, his <laughs> scorching electric guitar riffs, uh, where he sometimes forgot and repeated parts of the national anthem. And then I thought that wasn't Warriors enough. So I think their lottery rep should be Carlos Santana's blood boy. 
the guy whose <laughs> youthful blood keeps Carlos Santana jamming. Uh, my choice is I believed that the same that uh, the Golden State Warriors should own the fact that they're in San Francisco and not Oakland and just send the Zodiac Killer. Wow. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I lean Zodiac Killer. I think, I think. Yeah, and I think he's a leading candidate to take over the control of the Dallas Mavericks, actually. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, uh, the Houston Rockets, they brought Akeem Olajuwon, NBA legend, uh, former number one pick in the draft, however, predated the last non-lottery. So mm-hmm. he represents another era. Um, and I was I was really torn here. I couldn't decide whether Houston should have the captain on Tillman Fertitta's mega-yacht boardwalk or the captain of his other mega-yacht boardwalk. And so I, th- I think it should be both captains of Yachts and Uh I, of course, think they should send Shrimp Louie, the costumed mascot of the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. Oh, oh, yeah. I was thinking he should send the managers of some of his uh, floundering restaurants that received uh, that needed to bail out during the entire <laughs> pandemic. So I think Joey's a little closer. Yes. Uh, what's it? Is it called Shrimp Louie? What's Shrimp the... Louie is the character. Yeah, name, Shrimp yeah. Louie, the character, I think absolutely. Should oh, which have been is weirdly representative. The secondary mascot of the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. And if you're lucky enough, because obviously the mascot is Forrest Gump. Um, uh-huh. If you're lucky enough to work at one in California, a Forrest Gump impersonator shows up every weekend and sits on the bench. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that guy always gets diabetes, too, because he's just eating chocolate all day. <laughs> um, all right, next is the Indiana Pacers. Their representative was Nancy Leonard. She is a mm-hmm. former Pacers executive and widow to Hall of Fame coach Bobby Slick Leonard, also the longtime uh, announcer for the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the Indiana Pacers should have sent Brad Stevens, Ooh, uh, the most bad. Indiana man alive. <laughs> uh, uh, my choice was literally anyone with a living spouse. That's what I thought. <laughs> not, a, not a widow. Just don't bum everybody out. Just a warning, no. there will be another joke in a minute uh, after we let kids go about her being a widow from another guest of ours. I mean, I am a fan of Slick Leonard and his uh, ABA championships that, that he gathered. Um, what were my options? Anyone who's not a widow? Uh, Brad Stevens Brad or Brad anyone, St- anyone with a living spouse. Brad Stevens. I'm... I'm leaning towards just sticking with Slick Leonard's widow. Oh, uh, fair okay. enough. Is fair that enough. breaking the game? You know what? No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. On that one especially, that's that's <laughs> fair. Okay. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, their representative was Anthony Ant Edwards, the People's Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. in the 2021 season. Um, one thing about Anthony Edwards, uh, at one point he was bragging about his baseball acumen. And uh, he told an interviewer that he'd hit fourth or fifth in the lineup. And when the when the interviewer asked whether he was a cleanup hitter, he said, straight cleanup on aisle three. Come get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he, rules. he rules. He rules. 
Uh, he's also refusing to pay someone a large gambling debt he had on a Madden game earlier. And when the guy said <laughs> why he had paid him, his response was, sorry, I forgot I'm babysitting my nephew. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think their lottery pick, and this is awkward, but they decided this like months ago, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez is a lottery oh, yeah. rep, right. and they just, yeah. they... They didn't cancel. Um, I believe that they should have gotten that guitar Prince threw into the rafters at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that apparently Oprah has now and just sent that. <laughs> uh, I'm leaning J-Lo. I, Fair I think, enough. I think uh, Jennifer Lopez would have been uh, an exciting addition to the lottery <laughs> program. Right. It would have been, it would have been a lot better than this. No star power cast and nobody's. They yeah. said tonight. my second choice, by the way, was of course, MacGyver himself, Richard Dean Anderson. From, you know, <laughs> One of the greatest great celebrity. Um, okay. The new Orleans Pelicans, they sent Swin cash. She's the vice mm-hmm. president of basketball operations and team development for the Pelicans. She is an NCAA champion, a Pro champion WNBA, and she is a four-time winner of the Shooting Stars competition on All-Star Weekend. All of them as a member of Team Bosch. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Joey, who do you think should have been uh, the New Orleans Lottery? This rep? one's a no-brainer to me. It's Master P. Anytime you can send Master P to anything, you got to send Master P. Um, I was going to send all of Zion Williamson's relatives who don't <laughs> want him to sign an extension <laughs> sitting mad with their arms folded for the whole time. Fair enough. Uh, I think that's the obvious winner. That's that's pretty good. If you couldn't get Eric Bledsoe to do it, I do think, yes, getting Zion Williamson's dissatisfied extended family, yes, would have been the uh, the right move there. God, it would have been great to see Eric Bledsoe, and then they just flash on. They're like, no, he signed for two more years. That's There's right. Just a, a buyout Eric Bledsoe. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, they brought Nazi Muhammad. He is the GM of the G League Oklahoma City Blue, and he is also a pro scout for the Thunder. Also an NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. thanks to Isaiah Thomas's weird largesse towards San Antonio. <laughs> Maybe that was 2005, actually. (laughs) Uh, And then I believe that Uh the person they should have sent was, of course, look, I know you people are all going to think I'm going to say Wayne Coyne, but I am not going (laughs) to say Wayne Coyne. (laughs) Uh I believe they should have sent Wes Welker, who is from Oklahoma City, but he has to be as high and dressed exactly the same way he was at the Kentucky Derby that one time. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, So I thought you were going to say Wayne Coyne applauding the wrong team's ping pong balls and making the thunder. So I chose uh, President Bill Clinton's old mistress, Jennifer Flowers. (laughs) Also a native of Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, the Thunder should have done something different. They're the big losers of the lottery, but I got to go Kentucky Derby, Wes Welker. I think that would have been a a much better good luck charm for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the Orlando Magic, they brought Jeff Weltman, their president of basketball operations. He went to the lottery last year, too. Um, he is four years in, he has two coaches in, and I read a straightforward article today about how finally 
he's going to be able to build his own team just four years <laughs> after becoming the team president. <laughs> um, I believe that Orlando's representative should have been Tiger Woods, but not allowed to use crutches. He needed to walk out there and inspire the people of Orlando. Look, there's only one triumphant uh, Orlando slash Miami slash Florida musical sports moment, and that is, of course, Scott Stapp's uh, song about the Marlins. I believe he should have been there for the Orlando Magic. He's from Orlando. He's the lead singer of Creed. He loves Jesus. (laughs) Singing... (laughs) A basketball version of Fly Marlins Fly. <laughs> uh, Sean, what was yours again? Uh, Tiger Woods, but he's not Tiger allowed to Woods, have crutches. Not allowed to have, you know that that would have been inspirational. I gotta go to Scott Stapp. I feel like the. I mean, maybe we have no. too many musical guests. That's now a couple. Of, uh. I mean, it it just be great. We're look, look, we're drawing in a good audience. I, I mean, maybe anyway. maybe not. Maybe I feel like if there could have been a promotional tie-in, what if the magic sent um, Tom Hiddleston in character as Loki? Wow. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah just yeah. like uh, just it's the magic. Mm-hmm. Just for like. Going through time and making them not pick Mo Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> the other option I had was the broke was is Aaron Gordon's broken one year. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Sean, who's next? Uh, Sacramento. They brought their general manager Monty McNair. Don't know a ton about him. Worked in Houston for a while. The key thing is that he was he was uh, headhunted for them by uh, the form sports the firm Sportsology, who will also be finding. <laughs> The Mavericks next president of basketball operations. All right, Sean, who are the Sacramento Kings sending? Look, you know how much I wanted to pick Lady Bird, right? <laughs> I see. I assumed you were going to pick Lady Bird, so I picked somebody oh, else. Man. And then I also, then my backup, I also changed because I was like, oh, he's going to pick John McRae from Cake. Uh, I'm going to pick. Marina Ann Hansis, possibly the most famous person from Sacramento. Uh, you know her professionally as Sasha Gray. She's an actress. <laughs> she's a model, a writer, she's musician, a and a experience. former. Yeah, she's a former <laughs> pornographic uh, actress. Uh, At I, Sasha Gray on Twitter. Give her a I, follow. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed you were going to pick Lady Bird. So who I uh-huh. chose, Sean. <laughs> Is that robot cop who patrols the parking lot at the <laughs> One Center that yeah. Vivek is so proud of? Well, don't I they, don't know don't why they they're not a... sending that every year. I thought, is there a separate garbage robot? There's for a inside garbage the arena? robot and a security robot. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think the security robot is just programmed to harass homeless people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do. I feel like I'm siding with Joey too much, but uh, yeah, the 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 robot, the Sacramento Kings security robot, mm-hmm. yes, 100% absolutely uh, should have been on the broadcast okay. representing the Kings. Sean, All right, so we got two the Spurs more. send. Uh, they sent Peter J. Holt, the managing partner, not to be confused with Peter M. Holt, the former managing partner, <laughs> Peter uh, Peter Holt's father. <laughs> Who recently got divorced? Uh, his his mother was uh, the managing partner of the Spurs from 2016 to 2019. Now he is achieving Kirk Lacob's greatest dream 
and inheriting a basketball team. Also notable, uh, they sold they they the Spurs for whatever reason made a bunch of their minority investors uh, sell out to Michael Dell. So they are now uh, the dude you're getting a Dell team. Oh, great. So congratulations <laughs> to the Spurs. Joey, who, who should San Antonio's rep have been? Look, I looked up a list of... <laughs> I looked up a list of famous people from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And... One of the lit, one of the people on the list under other was a man named Joseph Gottschalk, aka uh-huh. Thong Man. Uh, uh-huh. And he was famous in San Diego. I'm San Diego in San Antonio for just riding a bike while wearing a thong. Uh, and people would he he one time uh, he led a parade. He was arrested one time, but he was Thong Man. Unfortunately. He died in 2003, but I think they should honor Thong Man by just sending Greg Popovich riding a bike wearing a thong. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joey, Joey, I also looked at a list of San Antonio celebrities, and I picked the very first name I saw, which was Christopher Cross, <laughs> I, uh, the Grammy-winning <laughs> uh, singer-songwriter of Sailing mm-hmm. and the Academy Award-winning uh, composer of uh, Stuck Between the, New, the, the Moon in New York City, mm-hmm. the theme from Arthur. Yep. I, I have too much respect for Greg Popovich to do the thong man routine there. Yeah, Christopher Cross for me. I, I mean, um, good name. I was going to say something mean. Keep going. <laughs> uh, our final rep, we had Toronto Raptors Fred Van Vliet. He is an undrafted player. Uh, he bet on himself, and he was, uh, you know, the, the one of the centerpieces of an NBA champion that had no one drafted in the lottery, which is uh, a pretty random, bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey, uh, who should have been Toronto's lottery representative? I just wrote not Drake. So I'm happy as yeah. long as it isn't Drake. <laughs> and my answer was a random high school junior who Drake was stalking on Instagram. So we kind of <laughs> picked the same thing. <laughs> As long as it's not Drake. Someone who has a restraining order against Drake, I guess, is my answer. Uh, I was actually Googling. I, I felt like they should have sent someone um, famous from Tampa Bay. So I just Googled famous Tampa Bay people, and uh-huh. I don't know many of these people. Brooke Hogan? How about Brooke Hogan? <laughs> Brooke Hogan. Listen. <laughs> You know, know what? Who'd... That's the correct answer, and that okay. is the funniest answer any of us have picked today. <laughs> Keith, you have won uh, oh, this year's draft <laughs> draft lottery representative. Thank you for having us on. Keith, where can our listeners? Uh, anywhere that you find your podcast, uh, and... Fast Break Breakfast, and on uh, Twitter, check me out, Fast Break Break. And uh, Patreon.com slash Fast Break Break, I believe, right? Uh, fast break breakfast. Oh, my my mistake. All uh, right. Thank you so much, Keith. Everybody listen to Fast Break Breakfast. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Keith, from the Fast Break Breakfast podcast. Listen to Fast Break Breakfast. It's our sister show, I would say. Um, right, Sean? I guess, I guess it's more of a brother show. I think uh, Turtle Pond is maybe our sister show. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, like, but that's like... <laughs> They're almost like our sister show, but the sisters keep dying and they get they like adopt another kid. And it's 
not really different, but <laughs> it's still like troubling that it keeps changing names and it's weird. Anyway, uh, part of the Round Ball Rock family, of course, Fast Break Breakfast. You know who else is part of the Round? Look, uh, Locked On Raptors, Locked On Raptors, and Locked On Blazers. Before tonight's draft lottery, I asked Sean, our, uh, the host of Locked On Raptors and uh, basketball, Sean Woodley, and the host of Locked On Blazers, Mike Richmond, to send me who, the, and of course, the co host of this show, Sean Keane, to send me an email telling us who they thought was, was going to win the draft based on the lottery picks alone. Uh, so I'm going to read those emails now, okay, Sean? I'm going to start at Mike Richman. Okay, great. Yo, sup? It's the Rockets, I think. Here's how I got there. Miles Bridges, can't send your fifth best player and win the lottery. Fuck out of here. Yep. Mark Eversley, clearly never been on TV before, just wants some shine. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Kobe Altman, Dan Gilbert's kid had a prior engagement. Fuck out of here. Ben Wallace, undrafted players are the antithesis of lottery reps. Rick Welts, retiring. Why is he the rep of a bright future? Great point. Nancy Leonard, you can't be billed as a widow and be a beacon of hope. She had a chance, but the blurb ruined it. <laughs> Anthony Edwards, very cool guy. Hope he wins. Probably the runner-up in this exercise due to just vibes. Uh, Swin Cash, too long of a title to win the lottery. Should have sent Zion, but he hates New Orleans. It's a good, it's a good point. <laughs> Jeff Weltman, if you're a poorly run team, you should send anyone other than the person who builds the roster. I, that, all, that, that also describes Kobe Altman. <laughs> Monty McNair, see above, 100% should have sent Sam slams in the lottery, the lion. Between former lottery reps Adrian Maloof and disgraced Mayor Kevin Johnson, it seems pretty clear how the Kings remain the way they are. Uh, Peter Holt, recently gained full ownership control of the team and now is at the lottery. Very bad vibes. <laughs> Fred Van Vliet, Ben Wallace only less decorated. His motto is bet on yourself. That's not an inclusive team building. So, of course, by process of elimination, I think it's Hakeem, a man committed to stealing money from NBA centers for a decade plus, representing a Tillman Fertitta-owned franchise, committed to stealing as much money from everyone in every possible avenue. This is perfect synergy. Also, Hakeem was a top pick, unlike Steady Freddy and Big Ben. He's got the draft juice. This is science. I'm very sorry. Man. Great email. Uh, I love hearing from Mike. It was, um, it was very close. He was very close was to being correct. Close. So Sean, our friend Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors in uh, Basketball only sent the top four, and I'll go from four up. Pelicans, because the NBA wanted to prevent New Orleans from moving and Swin Cash is cool. Three, Hornets, because I think having a strong dunker energy on the stage is, an important, as, is as important an element as any in Blotto Juju. Two, Wolves, because Anthony Edwards is the coolest and the Warriors have enough good things. Sorry, fucker. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> number one, Bulls, because Mark Eversley already endured his share of bad lotto luck after he was the Raptors assistant GM when they won the lotto only to get a chance of Bargnani or... Uh, really Marcus Aldridge would have been a good pick, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really... <laughs> 
Uh, good picks, but Sean could not have been more wrong, I feel like. And <laughs> no, now, he was not great, yeah. <laughs> and now, Sean Keen, your winner, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will read your email. Here's yeah. my thought process. Most of these GM reps don't move the needle for me. Chicago, Orlando, Sacramento, no vibes at all either way. San Antonio's Peter J. Holt is the most boring version of an owner's kid draft rep. And as far as, and as, far as I know, he does not have a terrible genetic disease. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I apologize to Nick Gilbert. I, nothing wrong. Look, keep shining, buddy. I also feel like I should have an opinion on OKC bringing Nazi Muhammad, but he's Nazi Muhammad. Seems like a good guy. The executives I find interesting are the two on their way out. Rick Welts from the Warriors, both because this is a likely spot for rigging. He's retiring, and it's also Pride Month. Then you have the reverse, Kobe Altman, who's already in danger simply by working for Dan Gilbert for so long. He said he'd go over his resume with a microscope after the season, which I think is a threat and not just how he has to read after his stroke. Look, well, here's I the thing. that joke. I'm sorry. Here's the thing, Sean. <laughs> yeah. If you do remember, though, the decision letter was in, like, 18-point comic sans. Yeah. So, so, you, so yeah. I don't think it's a stroke thing. I think he just needs reading glasses. By the way, we are going to have to talk about the child who's about to take over the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll get to that later. I think the Cavs are going to luck out and fire Kobe anyway. um, Because they think it's his fault they're in the lottery to be players. Ben Wallace. He's going into the hall. He's cool as hell and he's undrafted. In fact, he's the only undrafted Hall of Famer. I can see the argument that this would offend the lottery gods, but I think the defiance is good. After all, the Pistons' one moment of lottery quote-unquote luck resulted in them getting Darko in between LeBron and Melo. They've never moved up in the lottery since that was a Memphis pick in 2003. Not even one single time. Why not say fuck you to the lottery gods when your franchise has only dropped down the draft order in 14 appearances? Sending an undrafted player to the lottery is like the Gerald Green Sox dump. Fred Van Vliet. Also- I could have elaborated on that a little bit, but it's more like... You're 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 stepping outside the process. Mm-hmm. You know what sure. I mean? Like the dunk contest, you're selling. Anyway, you you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet also not dra- also undrafted, but his wife hasn't had a child recently. Seems like not enough luck. I'm allowing one piece of defiance of, to NBA Dame Fortuna, and that's only Detroit. Also, look what he's wearing these days, and it's a picture of him wearing bet on yourself clothing. Um, it's it's ill fitting. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> His clothing brain is called bet on yourself, not bet on someone else. Michael Bri- Miles Bridges, also known as not Michael Bridges, the other one, no upside. Swin Cash, I like her because she's won at every level. College, WNBA, Olympics, and shooting stars. Four-time champ with Team Bosch. Plus, if they sent David Griffin, it would be too suspicious that the league rigged the lottery for Zion. Hakeem Olajuwon, seemingly a good fit. He went number one, but he predates the lottery. That also disrespects ping pong balls. It's an unethical conflict of interest for him to be in the lottery when every bust big man will have to get private coaching from him later. You and Mike made similar jokes about Hakeem. <laughs> I mean, we both we both objected. I thought it was an ethical conflict more than he did. Uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, you brought you, you brought this up earlier about his uh, baseball quote. Uh, 
So cool and funny, also a number one pick, but he's not allowed to talk or answer questions about baseball, the funniest thing. Ghosts, wife of Slick Leonard representing his eternal soul. This is a nice gesture, but they're making his soul, trapped in Indiana for so long while his corporeal body was around, now travel to Secaucus. He's going to be angry that even in death he has to be in such shitty places, and he'll polt his poltergeist... Uh, He'll poltergeist those Indiana ping pong balls out of the way. Plus, longtime Indiana broadcaster, he's going to want a four-year So, that narrows it down to Welts, Altman, Cash, and Wallace. I think the sentimentality of Welts's exit puts the, plus the chaotic energy from Edwards gives the Wolves and thus the Warriors the four. Cash and the Pelicans land at three because of the shooting star's energy. Altman gets two... Because he can't be that rewarded for his shitty teams. And it's really funny that he's going to end up with another center or small guard here. And then Big Ben and the Pistons get the top pick. And Eminem releases a 12-minute freestyle celebrating it. Sean, you nailed it. Well, you didn't nail the top four. But you nailed the top one, which makes you our winner. Mike Richmond was closer, I believe, in all of his order. But... You got the number one pick. That's like winning the lottery. Sean, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel I feel like uh, I don't know what the equivalent of this is. Like, what's the what would the Cade Cunningham of my prizes be? Nothing. There's just just uh-huh. bragging rights over right. over these guys. Um, the only thing I will say is that um, I felt like I should have doubled down on my like. I felt like it was good energy to send an undrafted person. I should have picked the Raptors to move up instead of the New Orleans. Well, wow. I still kind of – I think I was – you were you really thought the Warriors would get the four, and I think I might have been swayed by that. But more like I I wasn't really – if I'd been following the rule of going by the reps, I think I would have done it because I think my New Orleans pick was based on uh, thinking there would be chicanery. Sure. Um, either way, uh, happy with the lottery? Was it a good lottery, you think, Sean? It was good. It just, it just sucks on Zoom. It goes really fast. I, it sucks um, on Zoom and also get the Cavs the fuck out of here. Also, stop interviewing the players at the lottery. It's weird. I don't like that. Interview yeah, the reps. There's no, yeah, exactly. You talk to the reps, not like, well, you can't talk to guys that are about to get drafted because it's just weird. Another thing they like, didn't do this year that I love, my favorite thing, is when you see the magic item they brought. Yes. Make and us you, show up make them show us the magic item. Their lucky Kobe, charm. Yeah, Kobe Altman had the the Nick Gilbert bow ties with them, yeah. and they didn't make a big deal of that because they could talk to Evan Mobley. And unfortunately, when you talk to the guys who haven't been drafted yet, it like reminds you of how kind of crappy it is. That it's like, yeah, hey, you might say Evan Mobley had a great time at USC. Yeah, it looks really great. Uh, uh, a lot of time. Yeah, you're you're gonna work for Tillman Fertitta now. Um, Sorry. You don't anyway, have any that's our episode. Uh-huh. Sean, anything you would like to plug? Yeah. So uh, I've mentioned this before. Punchline in Sacramento, July eighth through the tenth with Chris Garcia. Punchline. San Francisco, July 14th through the 17th with Chris Garcia. Punchline, San Francisco All-Stars, July 13th. And if you're in San Francisco on uh, Saturday, June 26th, I will be at uh, The Setup. Two shows, 
uh, at night, and uh, those shows are in Selma. You can look at the setup comedy. Um, listen to me on the Fast Break Breakfast podcast. Also, you uh, the Film Drunk Frotcast last week, and the They're All Ansome podcast. You know, Sean, it's weird. I go months where no one asks me to be on a podcast, and then everyone asks me all at once. I don't know I, why we're I was not also, on. Go on. I was also on Turtle Pond Hangout talking oh, about right. Fast Five. Um, so, also ask me to be on your podcast. I'll totally do it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, around, you know. Uh, thank you to our friends that listen to Locked on Blazers with Mike Richmond. I'm sure it's going to uh-huh. be a real interesting offseason. Listen to Locked on Raptors with Sean Woodley. Listen to uh, Basketball. They got draft Sean, fever now. Yeah, this guy's going to be pumped up. Katie Heindel, uh, listen to Turtle Pond Hangout, listen to Fast Break Breakfast, um, listen to Dave Dufour at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Do we have any other really good friends we should be plugging their podcast? Listen to children. That's what I'm saying. Uh, my, buy yeah. our t-shirts at Tee Public. They're on sale this oh, week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got some really good ones. Buy the Don Nelson one. It's my favorite one. Um, oh, also our meetup. I forgot to mention the meetup at the top. Uh, August 10th (laughs) in Las Vegas at Summer League at 10.30 p.m. at the Tillman Fertitta slot machines at the Golden Nugget Casino in downtown Vegas. Uh, It's a very loose meetup, but we want to meet you. Come have a drink. Put some money in the Tillman Fertitta slot machine. Let's try and get that PPE is stole back. Um, All right. You can always follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz, where... I haven't tweeted anything, which is very strange considering I'm a huge Clippers fan who lives in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Tweet mm-hmm. something about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but on 6-12-14, I tweeted, just cracked my phone screen, and I didn't even drop it. Bent down in skinny jeans. Kill me. Sean, did you write a song? I don't, but I'd like to, in honor of the lottery and in honor of the Atlanta Hawks advancing to the conference on, so I'd like to play an old one. Uh, it's a song called The Night the Atlanta Hawks Traded Down. Perfect. And uh, I wrote it with Robbie Robertson. That's playing under us now. Trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Stop yelling at me about Ben Simmons when you want to yell at another <laughs> of our friends. <laughs> Travis Schlank is the name, and I work for Atlanta's team. They gave me the GM job, cause I guessed right with Draymond Green. In the draft of 2018, we had the third pick. Pride for Luca, but I traded down for extra picks. It's a decision that makes me want to puke. The night the Atlanta Hawks traded down, and Grant Hill was stressing. The night the Atlanta Hawks traded down, the bloggers were second guessing. They went na 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 na. Should have taken Luca back at home at the All Star break. Luca Doncic was going insane. Then I watched John Collins. He tried to dunk and destroy the plane. Now I don't mind losing games, and I don't care about getting big names. 
Trayon's pretty good. He's a charming fellow, but I should have gotten more when I traded for Mellow. The night the Atlanta Hawks traded down, and all the fans were screaming. The night the Atlanta Hawks traded down, Nate Duncan was live streaming. He went, uh, 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 should have taken Luca. Like Billy King before me, I'm in over my head. Like Danny Ferry above me, I'll apologize for things I said. I traded up, got came from Duke, but Don Nelson tricked me out of Luca. I saw Donchich play, that guy has a beast, it's a disaster, but thank God. We play in the East. The Atlanta Hawks traded down. The Mavs were celebrating. The Atlanta Hawks traded down. Pants DJ was masturbating. He went nah 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 nah. Naughtynurses.com. 